We have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to U.S. Senator Pat Toomey, so he is on the line this morning, so we get about 10 minutes with him. Thank you, Senator Toomey. Thanks for checking in with us today. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. Well, let's start out with coronavirus. Uh, We turn to our elected leaders to be uh, uh, give us a straight information and not necessarily comforting words, if that's not in order, but to tell us what's going on. A little preamble from you about what's going on and and what's happening in Washington. Uh, Well, I I guess I think about this as a, a battle on two fronts. The first and most important one is what can we be doing to keep Americans as safe as possible. And I spent uh, most of last week and some of this week personally very actively engaged and, and a, a great deal of my staff uh, working tremendous hours to make sure that uh, Pennsylvania hospital systems that are capable of developing the tests for coronavirus got all of the materials they needed to do so. And and uh, I put it that way because people may not be aware, I was not aware, that even the most sophisticated labs that we have in our uh, more sophisticated hospital system, of which we have several, they can develop their own test kits. However, to validate the test, they actually need a sample of the RNA, right, part of the genetic material of the virus itself. It's harmless. Uh, but it is unique to the virus. And so they need that from the CDC or the NIH uh, to complete their own validation that their test kit works. We, as pe- most people know, we really had some glitches in getting the test kits uh, out across the country. And the result of that is that we haven't been doing as many tests as we should be. That, that is improving daily and significantly so we'll be doing far more tests, um, but I can't guarantee that we won't have other bottlenecks in the process of, uh, of doing these tests. And that's so essential um, because, first of all, people need to know if they've got the virus. They need to uh, quarantine themselves if they're, if they're healthy enough to do so. And, uh, and we need to know where it is and how it's spreading and see if we can continue to uh, contain this. Let me say another thing I think it's important because while there's a lot we don't know about this virus, increasingly there are some things we do know. And one of the most important things we know is that the, uh, first of all, at this moment, the chances of any individual Pennsylvanian contracting the virus does seem to be quite low. Uh, You know, we have, as of yesterday afternoon, we had 23 cases in a state of almost 13 million people. Obviously, that is a very small number. But we don't know how far it's spread among people who have not been tested, so, so that's a fact. Here's the other thing. Young people have, uh, it seems, overwhelmingly uh, recover from this. Some, many have no symptoms at all. Those that have symptoms, the symptoms are very mild. I'm not aware yet of any fatalities anywhere in the world for people under the age of 20. That, that may have changed in the last few days. This is moving quickly. but. Young people's immune system seems to be very capable of defeating this virus. However, those young people, if they were to contract the virus, and I mean young, including people in their 30s and even 40s, um, if they were to contract the virus, even though they themselves are unlikely to be badly harmed by it, uh, they are quite capable of passing it on to others. And there is there are two vulnerable categories. That would be older folks. And as 
as you go older in 60s, 70s, 80s, as people get older, they're progressively more at risk to serious illness and even fatality from this virus. And the other category of people who are at serious risk would be anybody of any age if they have a significant health, underlying health issue that pre-exists. So if they have a cardiovascular problem, breathing problems, uh, immune system compromise, those folks um, could be a, a danger. Um, so I think what people should be doing is following what the CDC recommends. Uh, the CDC um, has a great deal of expertise in this kind of thing, and they are recommending, you know, sort of mostly common sense type um, uh, behavior on the part of all of us. It's what I'm engaging in. You know, try to keep a little distance between you and, and strangers because we have no idea who's infected. Um, everybody should be really careful about sneezing and coughing. Make sure that uh, they're doing so, you know, and discreetly and capturing it and, and getting, you know, into their uh, uh, inside of their elbow is, a, is always a good strategy. Hands should be washed as frequently as you can uh, because, you, you know, this virus can survive. We don't know exactly how long, but it can survive at least briefly on uh, hard surfaces. So since, you know, we go through life touching doorknobs and elevator buttons and seatbelts and all kinds of things, uh, it just makes sense to wash hands. Um, and, I, I, and certainly if you are in a, cat- a vulnerable category, if you're in a vulnerable category, then I'd, I think you should certainly avoid large crowds until we have a better sense of uh, how this is playing out. Okay, there's. I'm sure you have a sense of this because you cover the whole state of Pennsylvania. There's this big disconnect here in the middle part of the state. We're like, why, why, why is all this happening? Colleges are shutting down and things yeah. aren't happening. Uh, bring it home to us, will you please, as our U.S. Senator. Bring us home. Tell us why we're taking these big precautions. Yeah, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. The reason we're taking these precautions is, is one word, Italy. Uh, in Italy, they didn't take these precautions. They have a very vulnerable population of uh, people who skew older, uh, heavy, heavy concentration of people who are smokers, uh, you know, people who have at least modest uh, compromised health in large numbers. And in northern Italy, it spread very, very dramatically. It has overwhelmed the ability of the hospitals to manage this in, in some, some areas. And we just don't want to get to that point. Um, now, if you take the opposite extreme in a way, this originated in China, of course, and you might have expected that there would be tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of people in a country of 1.4 billion that got this virus. But in fact, it appears, and, and I'm not drawing a conclusion yet, but it appears that the number of new infections has been declining so much that that China might very well be in the process of putting them behind, putting this behind them. Um, it's because of the uh, precautions that they took. And I'm not advocating that we do everything China did. They, sh- they shut down a whole province, and that's not feasible in the United States or desirable or necessary. But it does suggest that some common-sense precautionary measures, certainly in the areas where there's a high risk, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, had a, a significant, I think 13 people had the virus, in mostly concentrated in in one or two communities so it does make sense just take the precaution prevent this from spreading we can get ahead of this with a little luck and with those precautions and uh, and i think that's what we should do senator toomey ben reichley here does uh, i'm reading and seeing over the last couple of weeks on china 
But does this somewhat show China's true colors on the world stage in their lack of transparency early on to try to help prevent this and now leading to situations where China seems to be pointing at possibly the United States for bringing this virus to China? I mean, is, is, is China, is the onion finally being pulled back for most people to see somewhat what China really is? And how they no. compete on the, you know, with with their money issues, which you've been on top of for a number of years. But I, I just think this this sort of allows people to see China for what it is. Well, you know, like like most big societies, it's complicated, right? Um, there were some things that China did quite well, some things that they did that were not right at all. We still don't know the origin of this virus, and that's important for us to figure that out. Um, it's also, you know, yes. They, they covered up. They made some serious mistakes. They were dishonest about this in some respects. On the other hand, very early on, Chinese scientists put the entire genome, genome sequence of the virus online, and that enabled American scientists to begin working on a vaccine and treatment immediately, before, long before we had any samples of this virus. So... Um, now, yes, there's some in the propaganda machine over in China blaming the United States of America. That's absolutely preposterous, obviously. Uh, but that's the kind of thing that authoritarian governments do sometimes. So I think we should be very clear-eyed about this. Yeah, the Chinese actually handled this better than the last uh, virus outbreak that came from China, but not nearly the way they should have. Market futures show that Wall Street will start to climb back today. Is there a governmental role as you monitor the roller coaster on Wall Street? Do you say, well, we should do X from Washington, yeah, if, if that's anything? Great. That, and, and thanks for that. That's the second of the big. So the first big thing that I think we ought to be doing is protecting people from the spread of this virus to the extent that we possibly can. The second big thing that we need to do is try to minimize economic damage for Pennsylvanians and Americans as a result of this. Uh, how do we do that? So the first and most important thing, I think, is to make sure there's enough liquidity in the system that we don't start to see a wave of bankruptcies, especially business, because that would meet result in um, you know huge loss of jobs and loss of incomes, and that would in turn lead to personal bankruptcies and financial uh, distress. So the Fed put a lot of money into the system Yesterday, using a variety of the tools that they have available to them, central banks around the world followed the lead of the Fed overnight, and the combination of those things is, I think, probably the main reason that equity markets are up very substantially so far this morning. Now, we don't know that that'll continue to be the case, but as of the pre-market trading in U.S. stocks, they appear to be, have regained about half of everything they lost yesterday. That's still a pretty rough couple of days, but it, it might be a sign that we're moving in the right direction. The second thing I think we got to look at is um, what about people who can't be working now because their company is, uh, uh, has had to close or because they, the, the risk of contagion is considered to be too high and so they're going to work from home or they're not working at all. I think we've got to figure out whether our unemployment system as it exists now is adequate to meet that. Uh, we've also got to make sure that everybody who needs a test can get a test. We've got to make sure that cost of a test is not a, a barrier to somebody getting the test who needs it. 
Um, so, so these are some of the economic things. I, honestly, I'll tell you, a giant um, government uh, spending binge is not likely to help the economy because that's not what the problem is. I think the most uh, important thing is to make sure that financial institutions, especially banks, can be lending money to small and medium-sized businesses. Those businesses are the most vulnerable. They tend to have uh, limited cash reserves. If their business slows down dramatically, but very likely for just a short period of time, we want to make sure that there are banks able to, to provide the loan to get them through this tough time so that they can come out the other side and continue to employ people and, and provide the products and services that, uh, that we rely on. So I think making sure the plumbing in the financial system is strong is, is, is one of the most important things we can do to prevent a really serious economic decline. Senator, what do you see next week uh, happening with, uh, with the House and the Senate? We, we see Speaker Pelosi out discussing various legislative uh, issues. Do, do you see anything moving next week or the week after? Uh, yeah, um, so um, I, I don't, I, this is, this is um, a uh, speculation about what I think is most likely, but this is no, there are no guarantees there, right, because we're in uncharted borders. But I think it's pretty likely that uh, a deal will be announced between the, the White House and Speaker Pelosi. And if there is such a deal, then I, I would expect the House to pass legislation that reflects that deal. And it would have some of the elements of what I've, what I've talked about, but, but probably other things as well. And I don't know what I'm not involved in those negotiations directly. All right. Well, keep but us in. Please, I, go ahead. I would say I, I think chances are at least even that something passes the House today. Maybe it's late today. Maybe mm. it's tomorrow. Maybe it's maybe it's Monday. But but sometime relatively soon, I think we could expect to see something pass in the House, and then the Senate. We, you know, we were scheduled to be on recess next week. We have canceled the recess. We're going to be back in Washington, and our main purpose is going to be to consider what the House sends over, consider whether we think it should be modified or whether it should be passed as is, but get to a conclusion next week. So if I had to bet, I would bet that most likely some kind of measure to deal with more of the economic side of this will pass next week in, the, in its final form. Mind, mind you, we already passed a big spending bill to help the states counties deal with the direct uh, health care costs evolved with this. That was a multi-billion dollar bill a couple of weeks ago. This is going to be geared more towards the economic consequences. All right. We'll keep in touch. Uh, we know you'll be visiting this part of the state in the months yep. ahead, so stop by in person. Yeah. This is the time frame, 830. We'd love to see yeah. you in studio. We only have about a thousand more questions about important national topics yeah. and yeah. your initiative, so we'd love to chat with you. Thank you, Senator yep, Toomey. Senator, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys.